Spoilers and offensive content to come. We are Carl's Name Anime Rave. We are a secret organization uh, entrusted with the peace of all who dwell in this world. But you haven't heard of us because all of our deeds are kept secret. But now we're breaking that by uh, releasing this episode of uh, our review slash impressions of uh, Licorice... Licorice? Recoil. Licorice. Season one of... Question mark? Yeah. Dave, what did you think of Licorice Recoil? I liked it. I really did. I It may have treaded similar ground to stuff that we've seen in the past. It gave me a B-Train vibe, even though it didn't look like a B-Train show. But the bottom line was, it still gave me new characters and an interesting story. It really did. The action was f- fresh. It it it, it 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 was very well done. Those fresh action, action scenes. It was a fun show. Again, it gave me B-Train vibes, but it didn't give me the bad parts of B-Train. Like, um... Na, na, it, na, it, na. Yeah, the Mad Lex song. Na, 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 na. No, no, no. Uh, it gave me that B-Train vibe in that, uh, you know, two girls with guns, mm-hmm. fighting destiny, whatever. And definitely the... Uh, commercial break art artworks as well definitely also gave me a beat train vibe but it was otherwise just a, a neat little show about uh, competing philosophies and how they managed to keep the peace in this alternate history tokyo and um yeah 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 it, it was good fun i uh i enjoyed the story and world building on this one i liked the uh the bit of mystery behind that mangled tower mm-hmm. and some of the other technology and little bits like when Chisato was talking about the boy version of licorice that they fought sometimes and you think oh we're never gonna see this but we do later the the whole cafe and its clientele is neat the and it's it, it is an interesting story it brings a lot of interesting themes behind it which we'll talk about in a bit um, what did you think of the world building in general of the show? I know we're big whores for world building done right. So, well, but that's just it. This did the world building <clears throat> right. It gave us enough sub characters to get other thoughts about other walks of life within the world. Everything from the police officers wanting to do their job but not liking um, conspiracies and wanting to know the truth to the various little people who came along for their board games slash cafe stuff and how their lives were affected by the characters. And just the idea partway of the cafe closing, how much you know it threw them into turmoil because there was, there was no notice, no nothing. It just... Where am I? Where am I gonna write my book? It was so quaint in that way. You knew you were dealing with dangerous people who could be dangerous, but yet they had lives outside of the events. That is something that ties into a big theme of the show, and that's that uh, Chisato, our main character, yep. is maybe the most gifted assassin alive able to dodge bullets because she can read your movements so good that she just tilts her head and where you were shooting is no longer on target. Mm-hmm. But despite being history's greatest assassin, basically, she has a love for life and doesn't want to kill. And it's kind of an interesting philosophy for one so young like her to have. Like yep. she's, she's still a kid, so this is similar to other shows we've seen like this. 
that where the government uses children to kill people. But she's kind of developed this real, real worldly, mature philosophy of, but people aren't inherently bad. I'm not going to kill them. And that plays with her co-protagonist, Takina, uh, who is okay with killing to preserve the peace and eventually to, to attempt to preserve the life of Chisato, who ends up meaning quite a lot to her, opening up her, her walls and boundaries and whatnot. Well, and I mean, Takano was was basically at least at the beginning she was the typical agent of or she was a typical licorice. Yeah. And, and like by the book we do things a certain way. I want to go back. I don't want to be on this stupid cafe and she slowly and very believably comes to love that environment and the people in there and the people who motivate her to see the world in a different light. And I mean, we see even when, when the couple times when she's on her own, just the ability to think for herself makes her so much better at her job, which even that little bit of self-reliance and openness starts to affect a couple of the girls that we meet, meet. They're also licorice. Yeah. Like, uh, Sakura and also the one girl whose name I forget who was old friends with Chisato. It was annoying just how, and I mean, let's call it what it is, brainwashed and trained all the licorice were to only do what they were told and not veer from anything, even though that could have saved multiple of their lives. It's interesting, though, because Chisato was similarly brainwashed, but in a very different philosophy. Not the philosophy of saving life, but more the philosophy of uh, that she firmly believed in Mr. Yoshi and his plan for her. Uh, even though a lot of evidence to the contrary starts to come up that he does not have her best interests at heart. Well, and that's where um, Mika came in, though, because it was obvious that Chisato was... A tip, well, okay, I'm not gonna say a typical licorice because she was always fucking amazing according to the stuff they showed us for early days. But that Mika, who was supposed to keep her on the assassin's path, de brainwashed her. Yeah, basically. To a certain extent. And man, did Shinji not like that. In, in a big way, Mika is Chisato's like father. Like, yeah, Mr. Yoshi was too. They're kind of both her surrogate dads, but only one of them truly cares for her. Well, and I mean, Shinji, the problem with Shinji in that is that if he wanted to actually have a relationship slash try and exert a little bit of that control to keep her on the assassin's path, he did it completely wrong because he basically stopped his relationship with Mika for the most part. He only popped up once in a while and didn't, you know, tell Chisato that he was the one who got her the new heart. So he didn't really exert any of the real influence that he could have had on her. He left everything up to Mika and Mika stopped seeing her as the little assassin and as a daughter and that just 
yeah. destroyed all the plants. When Mika turns up later, reveals his walking oh cape God. thing is just a, a ruse, <laughs> and just completely one side fist fights uh, Mr. Yoshi's like assistant assassin woman. <laughs> that was great. Just completely owns the shit out of her with fake bullets. That's where you see, wait, Mika too also decided that. Uh, taking lives just willy-nilly is not cool. And uh, uh, maybe she learned that from uh, Chisato, or maybe they learned it from each other. I'm not exactly sure. And actually, no, I'm going to say I'm absolutely sure that Mika killed the assistant. He may have stopped her with um, fake bullets, but that's probably what he had on him. Because you have to remember... I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if, um, you know, he moral combated the heart out of um, Yoshi's chest there. <laughs> I mean, he, we know he killed Mr. Yoshi. Well, he had to. He had to to get the heart. Yeah. And we know that he fucking flubbed Mr. Yoshi's last message because mm-hmm. Yoshi expected that Chisato was going to earn the heart by killing finally. Yep. And, uh, but I mean... This is a show of philosophies. We have the kill or not philosophy for that we get through with Chisato and Takina, even mm-hmm. though they're fastly becoming really, really good friends. They still have these opposing philosophies and how that plays with each other is interesting. There is another interesting one in the form of Majima. Yes. Because Majima, the, who was ultimately the main villain of the show, he was definitely the prime antagonist, even above Mr. Yoshi, in my opinion, because He's the one who is ultimately the final boss of the show or this season, if there's going to be more. And he has an interesting philosophy to, uh, to, to his madness too. He, he thinks that the side uh, that keeping people in the dark about what's really happening is hurting them and that people need to see and be able to choose to be either in line with the system or not to be truly free. And he's not wrong, actually. He went about it the wrong way, in my humble opinion. But there's an interesting question there. And it's not a question we need to answer. It's just interesting to see a show present the question of, hey, was the villain right or not? Because the villain made good, really good points. Mm -hmm. And Majima is actually a really interesting villain. I... I find that in a lot of animes, the villains tend to be very one note, but Majima had depth to him. He, yeah, he's a killer and sometimes sadistic, but there's a real purpose, a real method to his madness. I was reminded a little bit of a less crazy version of Heath Ledger's Joker from The Dark Knight. Yeah. In that Majima is an agent of chaos. But because he believes that is what the world needs. And he says it himself, if Licorice was on the, on the losing end, he might have opposed them. So he probably believes in some government oversight and some need to keep secrets. He just thought it went too far. And he, he, he's like a Diablo 2 necromancer. He wants balance in all things. And that's why he's on the side that he's on. I mean, the or- let's talk about the organization a little bit. Licorice? Because li- well, Licorice and I forget what they called the male side. We, we didn't yeah, go- uh, yeah I, we only, they got name dropped a couple times and we saw them in the yes. last episode, but I forget what they were called. And well, was, all we know is that Chisato said they're the, basically the male version of Licorice. And it was obvious, on, I think to the detriment a little bit, that the male side and their leaders were more of a higher rank than the licorice side. Cause I mean, they came in and basically took over licorice I, at one point. I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it that that guy was 
uh, ranked higher than the licorice head, whose name I don't remember. He was able and, to, and because he knows he can't trust the licorice, he he goes with agents he can trust. That's how I looked I, at it. I didn't look at it as the boys outranking the girls as much as this one guy outranked this one girl and he started calling shit. Maybe. Plus, let's keep in mind, they're painted as the bad guys. So Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was very glad, even though they were trained and I think this was the least brainwashy organization I've seen like that because it was obvious they were trained from a young age rather yeah. than brainwash this wasn't gunslinger girl thank god that's the one i was trying to remember earlier oh. yeah they weren't bossing said yes. with uh with like a, a stupid little light and being told that what you're doing is good no it's clear that they were trained and they're definitely some brainwashing involved because they're children mm. and the adults in the room are telling these children that they're doing the right thing by murdering people so we have to remember that Licorice is not in the free and clear here. No, they're like, definitely evil. They're not the good guys. They're still a shady organization that thinks they're doing right. I mean, they're ultimately a version of um, James. They're they're James Bond's kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, they're 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 the Her Majesty's the, Secret Service. Exactly. Or whatever. They're, they're technically they're doing good by taking out you know bad guys. But when you're the one who defines who the bad guys are, yeah. it, the, that it's a, it becomes grayscale. It's definitely a government overreach versus yes. a free will kind of question I mean, that's presented. Saying them in the takeout, you know, terrorists and stuff like that. Okay, well now you're more on the right side. But we heard throughout those episodes of them being take taking out dissidents, mm-hmm. taking out you know people who. Anyone who We're disrupts the public good and everything else, it just morally undesirable people, it, and that's when things get a real authoritarian. Well, you know? and and that's where we saw the contrast between the cafe crew and licorice. That's right. The cafe crew was allowed to operate with a lot more freedom, but they kind of developed the philosophy that no people are good, and uh, we don't need to kill everyone. And we don't need to always follow orders down to the letter, even though they still technically work for licorice. And I mean, I, I love when they showed that with a regular bullet, it was much easier to hit things accurately, but that the non-lethal bullets they were using were actually fucking up trajectories, which oh. is why she needed to get so close. Yeah, Takina is a much better shot than Chisato. But even with but those she, bullets... Yeah, Chisato <laughs> used her bullets like a melee weapon. Yes. She used her gun the way I played my trooper in the Old Republic, because I was a tank. Uh, right in their face, using my gun from point one inches away. Yeah, dodge this. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, it's funny. That's exactly why she did that. It dodged this. Yeah, not just bam, 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 and now you've got a broken bone, but you'll live, and that's what she wants. Yes. Chisato went... Uh, you know what? We can get to character impressions since we're talking about them. Yeah. Uh, so Chisato definitely are a lot in common with, say, a Batman and a Vash the Stampede in terms of their philosophy about not killing. Yes. Um, 
a lot more like Vash in that she's a she like Vash is definitely likes people a lot more mm-hmm. than say Batman. Uh, definitely more high on life, yeah. And especially kind of like Vash because she believes she was on borrowed time until she had organs replaced. Right. <laughs> yep. She's uh she's an interesting protagonist because uh she and her co-protagonist, which is Takina, in my humble opinion, there are two protagonists in the show, mm-hmm. have these differing philosophies and how they play off of each other really makes the show. And so we have to lump Takina here in that. She was definitely in a lot of ways the uh she had more of the hero's journey in that she started incomplete and then she got complete later because of Chisato. The Chisato opened up her eyes, basically. And that's why I really like that scene near the end of the show where Mr. Yoshi is getting away and, uh, and Takin is trying to kill him and Chisato's begging her to stop, but Takin is crying and screaming, no, I have to. He has your heart. I have to save you because that's what Chisato means yeah. to her now, right? So I definitely think Takina was the more fleshed out character with more of the character arc, but Chisato was hardly static. Uh, and she definitely had to realize that, you know, Mr. Yoshi didn't have her best interests at heart. And uh, that sometimes she's going to be in a situation where she's not going to be able to get out of it without killing. Although, thankfully, she didn't quite have to do a, a Vash thing where he was forced to kill a mm-hmm. villain and have a mental breakdown over it. It's interesting that Chisato, she didn't come to the realization. She kind of had to be literally tied up and slapped in the face and have the person that she so badly wanted to meet outright tell her that he meant for her to be an assassin Mm -hmm. for her to get the big picture. She had an idealized view of Mr. Yoshi for sure. I mean, she, her love of life and everything else came from a misunderstanding of what the organization did for her and their expectations. Because if she had realized from day one that they meant for her to be the best assassin ever, she probably would have been the best assassin ever. But that also would have been a different character. A different Chisato. Yes. An alternate history Chisato. Yes, because she she would have been the ultimate licorice. Basically. It's interesting to see where they go from here if they decide to continue. If they've done kind of an A-team thing where they're in like a food truck and if you can afford them, maybe you can hire the A-team. Which I would love. If season two is just them (laughs) taking odd jobs as soldiers of fortune, that ultimately leads them back to a licorice conspiracy. I am game for that season two. I also wouldn't mind them being back at the cafe. The cafe is nice. The cafe is nice. I like like all the the, the sub-characters there. And you can still develop it where one or, or both of the organizations need to be stopped. Because let's face it, both organizations, Licorice called Chisato in whenever shit hit the fan. Mm-hmm. So Even after they learned Chisato was dying. Yeah, even then. But she was their trump card. So the last thing they want is Chisato against her, them. Mm-hmm. And the male side had already tried to take her out multiple times, got in their ass kicked, and had to make an agreement with her. To no longer go after her. Just the look on the guy's faces when she popped up there at the tower. And it's like, Chisato's here. And it's just like, 
They do not want to engage because they know. Huh? Hi, did you say Chisato was here? Huh? I I gotta tell you, I was thinking of putting in for leave. <laughs> I uh, I want to take a few days off. Maybe go down to the old uh, harbor, go eat at the ice cream. They opened the new fancy ice cream shop down at the beach, and maybe I want to do that and not take on the super soldier who can dodge bullets. From point blank range, sir. Uh, uh sir, <coughs> we just came down with COVID. We gotta go back to, to base. <laughs> like, how badly has she had to have kicked their asses for them to just stone cold killers? Be like, we've got automatic weapons. We're Chisato's here. <laughs> I do not want this again. Yeah, I've been in a maximum security prison, and I think I want to go back there because I have a higher life expectancy at maximum security prison than facing this little whore again. Because you know they've sent the entire freaking organization after her, and she's won. Yeah, Chisato's a... You really got a plan to fight Chisato. And we'll get to that when we get to Majima here, well, but... And, and that's the funny thing, is... She's not invincible. She's not invincible. With a plan, you could beat her. But again... But, but that plan can't be full frontal assault. Because Licorice and the two organizations don't have any sort of free-thinking individuals... They're too rigid in what they do, so of course Chisato is going to kick their ass because she thinks on her feet and she's open to new ideas, which is why Majima was such a pain. Let's just jump right to Majima then. I, I had this list in a different order, but maybe we should talk about Majima. It makes sense to talk about him Let's now. end with him because he's kind of the end of the story. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so we'll get back to how Majima kicks ass in a moment. Uh, we Mika. talked about Mika a bunch already. Mika, yeah. Mika was super important throughout it. He was definitely the father figure. and He was the mentor figure for that whole cafe. He was willing to sacrifice everything to keep Chisato and all of his people alive. The fact that he did what he did was awesome. Don't touch him. No, he's great. Walnut. Kurumi, aka Walnut. She's a. I liked her. She was. I, I a, liked her. She, she's she's a. At first, she's like just just a faceless hacker, and then you realize, oh, she's this like teenager, and uh, no, no, she's a. She's cute in the way that she's kind of a. She kind of has this deadpan adorableness to yes, her, which yes. is at odds with her excessive skill at what she can do, which is absolutely destroy computers and networks mm-hmm. with, uh, with with incredible ease. type. Not since Swordfish has someone hacked like this. <laughs> yeah. So she she's a fun character. She was definitely the. Uh, she had to learn to kind of come out of her shell a little bit too. Yeah. So she paralleled talking a little oh. bit there, but in a different way. She was she she wasn't a boring character by any means. She and definitely she, played off of off of Mizuki very well. Oh, she plays off Mizuki very well because uh, Mizuki's super fucking horny for any kind of male attention, yep. and uh, that's the kind of thing that uh, Kurumi just loved making fun of. Mm-hmm. Walnut just had her fun at. Uh, at Mizuki not getting the nut. Yeah, that's my pun. Walnut and nut. There you go. 
So these characters were, were fine. They're, uh, um, Walnut was more important, for sure. Uh, she got introduced uh, like in the second or third episode. Yep. And she was definitely a more important character than Mizuki, who was kind of more of a background player. Yeah. Like, we didn't really have a Mizuki episode or anything detailing her background. We know she was licorice or still is uh, to some capacity, but I would love to see an episode of that focuses on her. Yeah. So we get a bit more backstory other than that. She's just really horny lady who can't find love. <laughs> Pretty much. And then we, then we have, um, dumbass. Yeah. Robot. I, I, I wish we saw his face, but ultimately it probably wouldn't have been anything special. It's just a stupid asshole. Like he, he's just grating and irritating. And I loved when, far deadlier people took advantage mm-hmm. of that by threatening his life. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he was just a pathetic loser who, yes, he had some skills, but I mean, ultimately he was used and abused and he deserved it. it he thought he, he thought he was a mastermind until guns got involved and he realized, oh shit, I'm no longer in charge. Yeah. And he, he, there are so many times where he thought he got away and someone completely tracked him down because he's not as good as he thinks he is. Yeah, because he thought he had killed Walnut. Yeah. And <laughs> he, he thought he eluded Mr. Yoshi. He thought he eluded Majima. He eluded nobody. Yeah. So. And ended up locked up in the end. Yep. Majima. I liked Majima as a villain a lot for reasons I've already stated, but I also liked the fact that he was kind of uh, the rock to Chisato's scissors. Yep. In that he kind he had the tools he needed to beat this seemingly impossible foe because of his innate advantages and because he knew how to take advantage of them. He deduced pretty quickly that she really relies on eyesight to do what she does. In addition, he has his own almost superhuman ability, and that's that his hearing is incredible. So what does he do? He puts Chisato in situations where she can't really see, like in the dark or by cover or throwing mud in her eyes, mm-hmm. and then he uses his superior hearing to just beat the shit out of her. Of course, that was also his weakness as well. Yeah, that's right. She used that against him once she realized. And it, it was neat that Majima was a former foe of hers that had miraculously gotten away. That didn't yeah. seem to be a common theme. Once Chisato fought you, you were usually incapacitated and locked up and or killed. Yeah. So the fact that he was a previous survivor and had some trauma there from having fought her before mm-hmm. or encountered her was part of his whole shtick. I like Majima a lot because of his philosophies and because he's a lot cooler a villain that we see in a lot of mm-hmm. animes. I love that he survived. I am so glad he didn't die because whether or not he's the villain of uh, another season, uh, I still see that he has a role to play and he can play that role well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he definitely has a, a, a kind of a in my humble opinion, a platonic chemistry with Chisato, even though they're definitely foes, they have a lot in common, and they found a lot in common. Like, they like Die Hard, and they like other things, and they actually, if you, they sat down and talked it out, there's probably a lot they'd agree on, you know? Like, probably. there's probably... Maybe if the world was a different place, they'd be on the same side, like... And I mean, even with his, the the final gambit that he was doing where he's going to blow up the new tower supposedly which, which ended up just being some fireworks what a dick <laughs> that 
but that was I like I just so, thought I was like are you kidding me th- that that was awesome cuz you know he, you expect him to blow the place up if it goes and it counts down all of a sudden the fireworks go off you don't you figure he fell to his death mm-hmm. and then there's there's just I don't just hang in there it's like are you kidding me right now because technically he won right and what did he win free fireworks he won what you win at the end of a mario level Um, now i do think that they definitely the public was a little bit too much on the stupid side as far as being being willing to buy into the mirage they tried to put up that it was a film being done and everything else. Yeah, there was definitely some Mr. Satan fans that I, were just I, believing what they were told. I, but Majima did make a point. He said, you're never going to be able to cover up what happened completely. The doubt is there now. And having the the guns out there for those doubters to receive is fine, but... I don't know. I would have preferred a little bit more public dissent being shown than just the one guy being all frustrated. Of course, that's where we learned that Majima survived, granted. So that scene's not wasted. But people complaining about, you know, the government spending all kinds of money to set up this fake movie and everything else. It just, there should have been just a little bit more dissent, I think. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I think that there's room for that should the story continue. Mm-hmm. But seeing it now, I don't think would have hurt either. It's the same argument I have where there's... Uh, I wish they would have shown Takina being a little more emotional when she found Chisada was alive. Because she was definitely super emotional when she was trying to kill Mr. Yoshi yeah. for Chisato's sake. And I'm not saying there needed to be an overall, like, super lovey-dovey thing. I, I kind of just wanted to see Takina need to compose herself a little bit. And they, they kind of just didn't. And I was waiting for that in the last episode, and I didn't get it. But at the same time, it doesn't hurt too much that we didn't get that. It's just something I really wanted to see. And I understand that. I, I get why they didn't, because... Honestly, them finding out that she, where she is, because they know that she's alive, mm-hmm. or they figure she's alive because she ran from the um, operation table. Well, she didn't know what she was going to do with herself. It, it, well, it she she she, also, she got a new lease on life. She she's kind of she was kind of convinced she was going to die. Well, it, now she doesn't know what to do with herself. I I get that. I I get that she woke up on the table. She didn't know she had a new heart at that point. And so she ran and everything else. I get that. I I, I kind of take it as having to hunt her down is where um, talking to kind of took out some of her emotion there. There's nothing saying that they couldn't become a couple, especially now that we know that Chisato will live for years and years and years. I hope this heart's a little bit more... Um, Stable against electroshocks. Right. Granted, I mean, they did have to basically put two probes and do multi-voltage um, stuff to short out her old one. I mean, in this world, the right stun gun could do that, so you got to be careful. Could. I hope it's a little bit more shielded. Yeah, that was some shielding. Because that would, would be a weakness. Some RF shielding <laughs> in her heart. Um, but yeah, I mean... the. I did enjoy the, the picture she sent back with her tied to the tree, you know. Yeah, found her. Got her. <laughs> Let's get to the controversy regarding the show. Uh, so, we're going to uh I I I I'm 
what I'm about to say, I'm intending to offend nobody. It is just my thoughts on the matter. In my humble opinion, I saw loads of romantic chemistry between Chisato and Takina, and I saw loads of platonic chemistry between Chisato and Majima. And I look back at the show, and I don't really see how anyone saw different than that. But, A, that's subjective, and B, it's not... How do I put this? There was an issue with the show where the showrunners got some flack for not making Chisato and Takina a couple. And while I always... You know me, I love my eerie couples, and I definitely thought there was more than enough here to... Mm -hmm. That if they kissed at the end, that would have made complete sense. If that's not what the showrunners want to do, and um, this is just me being more mature in my old age, if they all all they were trying to show was a very kind of close friendship, that's fine too. Yeah, not everything needs to be that. However, attacking the showrunners for this for their decision, I don't think is okay. Some anime fans absolutely did that, and that is, I think, completely unacceptable. It is not cool to go attack showrunners. Uh, not only for the moral reason, in that they've got a hard job, and that's not really cool to do to them, uh, but also, you know, if I was the showrunner of this show, and I had a season two ready, and maybe I had plans to make them a romantic couple, after getting all of this, my reaction would be, well, pff, no, I'm not going to do that now. Just out of spite. And I think that, you know, treat showrunners with respect and they'll want to make more. And if you don't, then I'm going to, uh, like, what if what if there was supposed to be a season two, but the people behind the show just don't want to do it because they don't like the reaction they got, you know? Uh, even beyond the morality of it, it's just not really feasible to go do because you're just going to make one of, you're going to want to make showrunners and storytellers not want to do what they do. And that's going to just mean less fiction. And I don't care for that. People are allowed to make stories uh, of close platonic girl and girl friendships that aren't Yuri. Um, even though I thought there was a lot of romantic chemistry here, especially with some of those, uh, images that they showed on the commercial breaks at the 15 minute mark or the yeah. 11 minute mark rather. I I even though I thought there was a lot of imagery there that suggested that they were supposed to be a couple that doesn't need to happen for the show to be good. I didn't see much of a Chisato Majima romantic connection, but people who do people are allowed to ship what they like. The, the, the devs, the devs, the storytellers liking a tweet about how, uh, for there to be a gay couple in the show, Majima would have needed to be a woman. That's just them liking a joke. It's just a joke. And I think people need to calm down a bit. If you're hungry for a show with Yuri, might I recommend She-Ra and the Princesses of Power and any other number of shows that have it and where it's canon and confirmed. I don't think that making a big scene about this show is going to help anybody. Yeah, no, it... <sighs> You can share your opinions in a non-toxic way without attacking something. Mm -hmm. You can even say, like, man, I, I, I wish they had been confirmed couple and stuff like that, that. But saying that, you know, the writers are the worst because you didn't do my ship or didn't, you know, officially make it a ship. Or I think it should have been, you know, Chisato and Kurumi. Or if somebody does say that pairing and you walk all over them, that doesn't mean 
that you're the good guy. I mean, don't going after other people's ships is bad. Yeah, just if you don't like what someone's saying, just block them. Like just, I mean, just move you, on. Just like move on. These are these are not even, these are not real people. These characters, they're yeah. not real. Like that's ultimately what we need to remember. They're not real. Yeah, there are issues with representation in fiction. Uh, acting this way towards the showrunners is not going to fix that. Yeah, at all. Uh, so that's our take on the controversy. Regarding the pairings, again, I thought Chisato and Takina had way more chemistry than Chisato and Majima, which I thought had a more platonic chemistry. Yes. But um, do we want to see another season? Maybe address that and other questions. I would love to see another season so would of I. Licorice Recoil. I would love, even if they do an A-team thing or even if they go back to the cafe. Yeah, show me more. I like what I saw. I, I thought the dialogue was really good. We watched the dub. I've seen the sub as well. I think it, both are fine. A lot of anime doesn't have great dialogue, and I thought this show did have good dialogue. So, uh, good dialogue, good characters. Yeah, I would love to see more of Licorice Recoil. From what I understand, we basically seen the manga as a whole, but with how popular the show has been, that they are considering doing more manga, therefore... The possibility of a season two is very possible. Yeah, I guess we'll check in on this show in another five years or whatever. Four, <laughs> four if, or five years seems pretty likely at that point. And see if more comes out, because yeah, uh, I thought it was quite enjoyable. They could also do the anime first. That's a possibility. Definitely a possibility. Uh, yeah, I would love to see another season, but if I don't, I'm not going to be sad either. Yeah. Because though this had a beginning, middle, and an end, it had a full story arc for the characters, and it could end here, and I'd be okay with that. Too. And it was the proper length. Yeah. I don't think this show outstayed its welcome, and I don't feel like I needed more episodes. So, giddy up. Uh, sometimes these uh, 12 or 13 episode series, I feel like I need more episodes. I didn't feel that here. I yeah. feel like I got it, everything I needed. It was a good length. Mm -hmm. It gives everything that we needed, and... I mean, heck, at episode 10, I'm like, how is this going another few episodes? No, but and they did. They wrapped it up. They managed they to. managed to do, to use the episodes very well. I agree. But folks, what did you think of Licorice Recoil? We want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on this video. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this, uh, go to animeriv.xyz and you can leave us a voicemail there. We are Carl's Name Animeriv. We are the best organization who fights other organizations. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you next time we have something to review. Tune in next time.